What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. October 11, 2023. It's Hatchel Pearl and it's time to get in the weeds. I apologize for the lateness. I was uh, dealing with some updates to my computer. And then when my computer restarts, Jeremy Lambert, it does that amazing thing where it takes forever to start getting everything up and running. So much like most people, it was a, a slow riser. But Jeremy Lambert's here as always. How you doing, Jeremy? I'm fantastic. It's Wednesday. October 11th, the 2023-2024 Colorado Avalanche begin their march to the Stanley Cup tonight against the Los Angeles Kings. Nathan McKinnon back, Kel McCarr back, Jonathan Druin on the team. Let's go. Yeah, it's an Avs jersey, Dave. Let's go. We got the, we got the hat right here. The 2022 Stanley Cup champions hat. We just got the, the random just... Not random, but just, you know, the regular old abs hat. Let's go. We're, we're hockey. That's what we're here to talk about, right, baby? Connor Bedard last night. It was a good debut. Blackhawks surprising everybody. True. Surprising everybody. Kings True. look, or not Kings, uh, Vegas looks good. Vegas looks good. Seattle probably going to regress to the mean a little bit. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay started off well. Hockey. That's what we're here to talk about, right? Uh, No, this is not FMC. Doesn't have to be FMC. Good point. The Anaheim Ducks are uh, the Ottawa Senators are. Ottawa looks the good. Ottawa's going to make the playoffs today. Ottawa is going to do what the Blue Jays did for the MLB series. They're going to potentially back into a spot and then have a very tough first round ahead of them. Well, I mean, nobody did very well uh, when it came to the the first round. Everybody seems to get swept. The Braves and the Phillies, like the only interesting series right now. That's fair. You know what? This is this is great. This is this is the way I wanted to start this show because we uh, we made the promise and we had no idea when, but it turns out the answer is now. The answer, by the way, is to leave a thumbs up on the video and to subscribe to us here at Fightful Overbooked. And of course, get in your super chats because any amount of your question or statement right on the air. And it also brings on our very special guest. We're very excited to have him on. Uh, folks, he is the MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Not only that, he's going to be at MLW Slaughterhouse this October 14th. What is that? Is that Friday? Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, October 14th in Philadelphia of 2300 Arena. He's going to face Davey Boy Smith Jr., putting that title on the line. Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, the one, the only, Alex Kane joins us now. I'm here! (laughs) See, we didn't know when, but we knew you'd show up. (laughs) Look at the belt. The belt is shining too. Look at yeah, that thing. Shining. I think it's reacting to the green screen. As yeah, well. I think so. <laughs> That's it'll be, perfect. It'll be all right. <laughs> Alex, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great. I'm a little hungry, but I'm good. Oh, what, what's a what's a breakfast meal for the champion? 
uh, breakfast meal, three to five eggs, um, some oatmeal with some peanut butter and some honey, and maybe a protein shake. That's that's way above what what I can eat. Way above. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just eating cereal. Do you have a favorite cereal? Uh, cinnamon toast crunch. Okay. All right, that's a that's a banger right there. Gotta love. Have you, have you done crunch. any of the, the knockoff cereal, like the not cinnamon toast crunch, but like the French toast crunch and all that stuff? Have you tried? Those? Oh yeah, of course. I grew up poor. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was a Fruit Loops and Frosted Flakes kid, so uh-huh. I can... <laughs> gotta get the Fruity Loops. That's the knockoff. The Fruity right Loops, yeah. yeah. The Fruity <laughs> Loops. Isn't that an app that you use to make beats? That's also yeah. Yeah, it actually is. It actually is an application used to make beats. Yes, there you go. Um, Alex, what can fans expect this this Saturday at MLW Slaughterhouse uh, against Davy Boy Smith Jr.? He's back. He's coming for the gold. Just won the Opera Cup. What can fans expect from this match? Besides some suplexes and a lot of hard hitting, I would imagine. Man, look, uh, you can expect for him to fail like every other generation of Smith has failed to become world champion. That's what you can expect. There you go. There you Automatically go. just taking shots. That's what I do. That's what I'm good at. How's um, it been under the, the MLW banner now being on, on Fight TV? We had Corp Bauer on just before the, the first fight show. And you know, this is something that you guys have been working on for, for a while because Fusion would kind of air just on various networks. It would always be on such a big delay and everything. Now we got Fusion. We're getting matches within you know a couple of weeks of when they taped mm-hmm live specials uh which you've headlined how's it been under the the fight tv era thus far man it's been awesome like my family being able to watch me you know in these title fights has been amazing because my brothers are hilarious um i, I want to get into some of the things they, they'd be saying when they're watching the live stream but it's just been amazing for people to just be able to get the mlw shows right then and there um on fight plus Again, it's just been amazing because um, before having to for them having to wait like several weeks for them to, you know, put everything together and stuff like that, editing and stuff like that. So, like, for them to be able to just get it right then and there, money. Corp Bauer spoke to the New York Post a uh, few months ago and he mentioned the Don King connection to the Boy Boy Fight Club. And he wanted to get you and Don King on screen together. Has there been any update with any of that stuff? Uh, no, no. Don King is a very, very busy man. Um, so I think right now we'll just have to go with uh, them, like, I guess, like, live piping him in into the show. <laughs> but um, one day it'll happen. We got to get it. We got to make it happen. If you could ask Don King one question, what would it be? Man, uh, hmm. how do I, how do I become as great as Mike Tyson? That's what I want to know. I mean, hit hard, deal with pigeons. Heard the Mike Tyson pigeon stories? That man loves his pigeons. Uh, <laughs> get it, get in on that. I think eat eat babies, eat children. Mike Tyson just. <laughs> would you ever get a face tattoo? No, no. Actually, no. I won't say no. It depends on how much money I have. If I have <laughs> lots and lots of money, then yeah, I'll get a face tattoo. Who's gonna tell me? Who's gonna tell me anything? <laughs> you, you, you won the MLW. I started a rap career too. There it is. 
you 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 won the title at never at never say never. So clearly, you got to live by that mantra from now on. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I want to I want to go back to your match uh, against Willie Mack at Fury Road. Willie Mack's a big dude, and he is a tough guy to to wrestle. What was what was the experience like working with a guy like Willie? Uh, very very heavy, um, very hard hitting. Um, uh, like there was a spot in the match where we were outside and I think I threw him in the barricade. He threw me in the barricade. Um, I was talking crap to him while he was kind of bent over. He headbutts me. I sit back in this chair. He runs around the ring, comes back around and kicks my head into the guardrail. I thought I was done. I thought I was done. So if that tells you anything, if that tells you anything, that, that was that was a rough night. I wasn't concussed or anything, so we're good. But whoo! We we when we had uh, Court Bauer on our show, he praised you for really stepping up behind the scenes and, and taking on kind of a, a leadership role in, in MLW. How much has is how much have you grown kind of in that role? You know, being the champion, you're obviously one of the faces of the company now. But behind the scenes, like taking on kind of that more more of a leadership role. Um, it's been like, I guess when I first got there, I was a little timid. Um, I didn't know. I mean, even though like the atmosphere was chill, like I didn't really know how to like move and stuff like that. Um, but just like over time with the confidence at court and, uh, the, and management has had in me, um, I've kind of like blossomed, like with the whole like Bumay fight train thing, like bringing, like, I guess like reaching out to talent, bringing them in, you know, like that and getting more representation on screen. Um, and then like, as, cause court told me, you know, once I won the belt, I was like, you're the locker room leader now. So like, however you want the locker room to be is how it's going to be. So like, I'm just trying to foster a, a, an even more chill environment where, you know, I want everybody to get along. I want everybody to watch each other's matches. Um, um, I just, I, I want it to be, as much of a team as it can possibly be. And the goal is to put on the best show for these fans as humanly possible. I want to ask about the importance of representing the LGBTQ community. Uh, I think most people know, or maybe they don't, that you identify with the LGBTQ community and you are the MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Um, talk to me about the importance of that representation and what it means to you and how it also influences others, especially in the wrestling world. Um, I think it's important because like you have, you have so many LGBTQ wrestlers in professional wrestling. Um, and you know, some are just on the come up and, you know, some are, you know, already at the big stage for the ones that are on the come up. Like you see, you can look at me and be like, okay, look, if Alice Kane can do it, then I can do it. Um, so I feel like that's, that's pretty damn inspiring. And especially to be a world champion in two years in the company, um, it's just something to strive for. But yeah, what's, it's definitely it's very very important to me. What's it been like with the the backstage and, and a lot of pre tapes when it comes to Bumaye Fight Club? How have you kind of grown into doing doing those and getting more comfortable with those? Man, if, <laughs> they used to call me like six take Alex when I first started because it was it was that bad. Like it it would it just took me it took me a while to like find like my groove and like my own, my style. Um, like it takes me, it takes me a good bit to get warmed up. You got to get the juices for me. Creative juices got to get flowing. 
Um, and then like also one thing that helped the one thing that I learned that helps me is like listening to rap music. Um, because there's always a great bar in there or something that you'll hear and you'll be like, oh snap. Like, okay, I can piece this together, piece that together, boom, we have a great promo. Um, but like now, now I now I'll get it in like one or two takes or whatever, and that's all I really need. Um, but it, it's uh it's helped my promos outside of the company, it's helped my promos in front of a live crowd. Um I'm just now I'm just comfortable. Like I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to, you know, let off these shots at any time. Okay, I've got to, I've got to ask uh, a follow up when it comes to the rap music. Yeah, Joel knows. Uh, favorite rappers, top five, top five. My top five. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. With you, I don't have a top five. Um, I don't have a top five. Um, but I mean, I listen to a little bit of everything. I think right now um, there's uh, man. Let me see. Oh, no. Have you listened yes. to the new Drake album? I saw you tweet a little bit. I listened. So I haven't listened to the whole album. There's one song called, um, I guess it's, I don't give a, an F. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's him and Yeet. And Yeet is rapping his, rapping his bar or whatever. And then uh, I think Drake says money for fun or something like that. And like they have been um, crucifying this man online for it. And it's been the funniest thing. Cause then there'll just be they'll I saw one video where Yeet's rapping and Drake's like waiting, 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 money for fun. Or whatever. So it's just a bunch of videos like that. Um, but I like I I, I like Chief Keef, I like Young Dolph, rest in peace, Key Glock. I guess I do have a top five. Um I'm trying to find this dude's name. Uh what is this? Yeah, I guess Yeet is on there. Uh, his name's 22GZ. Um, he made the song called Twirlanta, and it is it is just great. It takes a while to build up to get to the actual beat drop, but it's just good music. Oh, so this is more new school stuff. See, I don't listen to, to any of that. I'm, yes. a, I'm a old school. Old you school got to. Guy. You got to listen to some new school stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm set in my ways. I am way too set in my ways. The Drake album, the only thing I liked was the J. Cole verse. Everything else I could just I could leave behind on that album. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't listen to too much of the new school stuff. Uh you mentioned um two two I, I apologize that I for, forget this man's name. Twirl Twirl Atlanta. There you go. Him. Uh you yeah. you represent the 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 South scene a lot, going back to action. And everything. What's it mean to you to to represent that that scene still? Man, it's dope. Especially, um, I I was kind of made aware of this. I, I didn't really see myself as this, but um, Sean Dean, uh, when I had won, it, it was either before I won the belt or after I won the belt. He kind of called me the dark horse of my class uh, coming up at the WWE four. I was trained by AR Fox. Um, I was kind of the dark horse because um, I kind of I did I did everything my own way. I didn't follow you know the trend of what everybody else is doing. Everybody else is going to a particular show named called Evolve, um, and they were trying to get on that way. And I was and I decided that it was more important for me to get my reps in and to wrestle than to you know try to kiss somebody's tail to get on to a platform. Um, so like I like so. Yeah, I just I just grinded my way out, um, and you know, to come up how I came up, I've 
I was in this uh, show called the Future Showcase, which is done by the SCI tournament. Um, and uh, it was me, this guy named Nolan Edwards, this other guy. Um, and that show kind of put me on the map, like, because there was, there was really nobody else that had like a suplex style, I guess we call it a gimmick. Um, and so like to be able to stand out in that way and like from that moment on, my career has just been on this like rocket ship type trajectory, even to even now, and it's still going up. Um, so like to be able to represent the Southeast um, in the way that I am, like sometimes it doesn't feel like my impact or like, I guess like my footprint on the Southeast is that big, but every now and again, you know, my peers down here will remind me. Last year you had a match against Billy Starks. Mm-hmm. That is, that's, she's a very special performer, a very special wrestler. Talk to me about working with someone like Billy who uh, seems to be taking the wrestling world by storm in her way. Man, Billy is a bully, dog. She is a bully. She is a bully. Like you think I'm bad, she's even worse. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Like, come on, Phil. Um, she's just mean. Like she'd be saying like some of the slickest stuff. I can't even repeat on here. She'd be saying some of the slickest stuff. <laughs> no, you're good. Like, past fifteen minutes. Do whatever you want. And at and at the time, like I think she was like seventeen or whatever. So like it's like. I, Wait till this damn bell ring. Wait till this bell ring. I can't put my hands on you right now. But wait till the damn bell ring. Um, but no, I mean, other than her being bully Starks, that's really that's an alter ego of hers. Um, you know, she is she's truly really special. Um, uh, one of the, I think, a few shows after that future showcase uh, match, um, you know, she had tweeted about me or something, and she was like. She was listening to this one guy, uh, his one guy's podcast, and the guy was saying that, that I was next up if I wanted it. Um, and she was like, okay, we're, yeah, we're going to see. I'm on the show with the guy. We're going to see what he's about. Um, she watched me wrestle, and she was like, okay, yeah, this guy, this guy is definitely next up. Um, and then, like, the, the relationship kind of grew from there. Um, she has this thing called the Big Starks brand. Uh, which is a which is a um, I guess you would say a knockoff of the uh, big baller brand. Um, so then we, everybody has like knee uh, knee sleeves and stuff like that. We all represent um, and like I I signed to them. Uh, what was this? this is a few months before I signed to MLW, so I signed to them or whatever. And we made it like a whole big thing, but it's just it was just a way to like. Um, shine a light on up and coming talent that is out here, you know, getting it. Um, but she, she did, she definitely is special. I mean, outside of her being bully Starks, she's a pretty dope human being. Isn't her, she doesn't like that. She doesn't like that. I talk so much crap. I especially talk a whole lot of crap online. She doesn't like that, but it is what it is. Isn't her being a bully, a direct tie to mouse. Like mouse is mouse is the one just like, you know, mm-hmm. my kid's gonna beat everybody. He's telling her he sucks. She sucks when she loses and everything. She's gotta, she's gotta return that energy to somebody else. I, I'm blaming Mouse for a lot of this. I blame, I definitely blame Mouse for a lot of it. Uh, Mouse is a menace. He is a menace <laughs> to the highest degree. One hundred percent. One hundred percent is an absolute menace. Um, I want, I want to comment on something and ask you about something. So, so Effie kind of made made some headlines and some waves with basically just saying like, you know, being a TV star does not mean you are a draw 
in the world of wrestling. And I saw you kind of mm-hmm. kind of repost this. I want to get your thoughts on sort of what Effie had to say about that of like, and just because you're on TV doesn't mean you know you can like make all this booking fee or you're going to bring in hundreds to your local independent show and things like that. Um. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, I said, he, I said Chef Effie was cooking, like, and he really was. Like, I see so many guys that are on TV. They're not even the guy where they're at. They're not featured on television, but, you know, they have that whatever. They have one of the big three acronyms next to their name, and they'll act like they're a star, so they'll charge all of this money. Like, uh, I had one show that I was on. Um, I won't mention who it is, but he charged a hefty amount and did not draw the way that they thought he was going to draw. And I'm just like, dog, I even told the promoter, I'm like, just because he's on television doesn't mean the people that watch him on television are going to come to your show. So that doesn't mean that they're going to draw. Also, if they're not prominently featured on television themselves, what do you – obviously – their company doesn't believe in them that much. So why do you have so much faith in them? Um, and that's a huge thing. You just have a bunch of people in the independence with all of this money. And instead of paying the talent that they have on their show consistently more money and, and when paying them more money and also paying them for their transportation, because a lot of, a lot of these bookers don't do that either. Um, but um, like, Instead of instead of trying to come out of pocket, I've I think the craziest number I heard was like fifteen thousand, which is nuts. Um, uh, instead of instead of paying that money to that one person, how about you disperse that amongst your the roster that's here all the daggum time? Um, I think that's wild. Like if you're not a draw, you're not just because you're on. Like you said, just because you're on TV doesn't mean you're a draw. Like. Effie is probably one of the you know if there's I think I think if there's an independent wrestling hall of fame he'll go into the wrestling hall of fame damn it that man is amazing just amazing he's changed the game he told you he was going to change the game years ago and that's what he's doing um yeah I oof, yeah that that's my piece that's my piece <laughs> I love it I've got I've got one last question for you. When's the match versus Shaza McKenzie? Man, I don't know, bro. I don't know. But somebody <laughs> needs to quit being so um, so scared. Um, it's going to be a banger match. It's going to make money. Um, and it's, it's going to be overall fun. Um, uh, I have one booker uh, that he might book the match. We'll see. He okay. Might book the match. Um, but uh, he was like, she's going to kill you. I'm like, you wild for saying that. You got your <laughs> rabbit ass mind is what my mom would say. What's your rabbit ass mind if you think when when you're on this show, you win your matches. That's we've come mm-hmm. to realize this. So first of all, you got a great chance coming up at Slaughterhouse on Saturday, October 14th, MLW at Philadelphia's 2300 Arena. You're taking on Davy Boy Smith Jr. Uh, that world title on the line, Alex Kane. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you anything else you want to plug? Please go ahead. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Kane 11, uh, Instagram at Suplex Assassin, TikTok, TikTok at Alex underscore Kane 11. Um, you know, just remember that MOW is, is the game's best kept secret. Um, you know, we got diversity in there. You got me and the Bumai Fight Club. You got super heavyweights like Jacob Fatu. Uh, we got the next generation like Ichiban, Love Doug, and, and Nolo Katano. Um, 
We got hard, we even got hardcore wrestling, dog. I mean, not full, not full on death matches, but you know, we got hardcore wrestling. Uh, Rich Shane Page and Raven. Um, you know, stream MLW Fusion, especially when I'm on there, but always stream it. But especially when the champ is on the screen. Uh, Thursday, Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Um, you know, just remember the Buma is for the people, and uh, don't let Charles McKenzie on the show because I can't have that. Uh, that I can't have a draw. Can't have That's fine. We don't. Uh... We we don't bring her up because then our boss gets angry too. So it's okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And Alex. also remember that Davy Boy Smith Jr. about to get all this work, and that is on. Boom! My yay! Boom! My yay! Boom! My yay! Our dude, Alex Kane. Thank you so much. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Alex. Oh, there you man. go, MLW World Heavyweight Champion, right there, Alex Kane, joining oh. us top of the show. Yeah, beef with Shaza. I like Shaza. Am I allowed hey, to say that? You're allowed to say it, but you're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I will. I'll be upfront. I'll be honest. Last night, uh, I went to bed in a pretty sour mood. I'm really glad that Alex Kane joined us early in the in the show. That really did raise my mood. I'm I'm, I'm feeling a lot better uh, with that that conversation. We didn't know when he was showing up, if he was going to show up. We knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know when. And then I saw him pop up and I was like, oh, this is great. So thank you, I, Dr. Kane. I think it worked. Um, you know, we, we like to kind of let everybody know how, how the sauce is made around here. Um, MLW's been been good to us. The, the one show where Corp Bauer joined off top where he was not scheduled joined. He's like, hey, I'm free. You want to do this? Like, yeah, sure. Um, so so we set that up. We got another uh, MLW guest on Friday. Won't say who it is because I don't like saying these things in case they fall through but we we did have alex scheduled that we were just weren't given a time i was like do you have a time didn't hear anything like okay um so we weren't sure when alex was going to be on but i fingers crossed i had faith that he would join us because again mlw's been been good everybody who was needed to show up has, has shown up um so i'm glad it was top of the show because we got stuff to talk about. We have a, a lot to talk about coming off of last night in AEW and NXT. And it, had he joined at like, because we didn't know what time it was, it would have been very hard to like plan our conversations of like, we're rolling on something. And then Alex Kane pops up. is like, Oh, pause this. And let's now here's Alex Kane. So it was good that he jumped. Uh, he was on the top of the show. We were just bantering about hockey for a little bit. We got to do, interview him. And now Joel, so, what do you want to talk about? I have a lot to talk about, and I know, I I know that uh, someone before the show started had mentioned like, "Hey, why did you why did you do the thumbnail like this?" And why did you like? There's <clears throat> there's two reasons why I picked, and I and I do create the thumbnails. There's there's two reasons why I picked it. One, I had I, I I had to do the AEW and NXT. I do try to balance what we talk about on the show, especially with the thumbnail. I want to be, I want to be open and honest to, uh, to our listenership, to our viewership. And also um, I want to be responsible as like this show goes. So I want us to be able to have a both shows represented. Um, last night's AEW show was largely really good. There was a lot of really good wrestling on the show is really what I'm getting at. Both NXT and AEW presented very different shows. Um, that's a strength in a lot of ways and it gave a lot of wrestling fans a lot of different things to watch. Um, and yeah, you know what? 
maybe I did I did go a little personal in terms of my choice for the AEW part of the thumbnail. But also I have a lot to say about it. And I want to be able to say that. And I'm taking I'm gonna I'm gonna take a page out of Ariel Hawani's book um when we get to it, because there's there's just a lot that uh that we're gonna talk about. So uh overall impressions, Jeremy, because I know you were also watching both shows last night. I was watching, I was covering so we we like Jeff Fellow Driver. Nothing nothing against him. He's given us some some bits on this. Um so I'll just pull up the, the chat here. He says, Well, I can preemptively respect you guys for feeling strongly about the MJF segment. Did you really have to make the thumbnail super positive for WWE, super negative for AW? Two title changes happened. Joel explained why he made the thumbnail the way it was, and I back Joel on that. I understand where Joel is coming from. I take issue with the fact that you think Joel went super positive with WWE with this thumbnail. This might be a hot take, Joel Pearl. I might say something hotter than whatever you're going to say about this MJF angle. Let's go. Both shows last night were not good. I I didn't like either of these shows. I think that a lot of that is because we built it up in our heads. And again, and, and this is a Jeff Valley driver special that we're taking, right? The uh, expect the, what you, what, what's the saying? I always forget what it is, but just, just about setting expectations. Speculate. Don't expect. Exactly. We had a lot of speculation. You and I spent weeks just like throwing stuff at the wall. I don't think we were upset that our predictions didn't come, th- come true. No, I never care about that. Yeah. I just don't think both shows were at their best when there was so much like dick measuring online between honestly, it was a lot of like Tony Khan putting stuff out there. And then like, it's always very interesting to me to watch like Tony, the guy, like Tony, the promoter on his personal account, putting stuff out there. And then the WWE branded account, socially speaking, put out their whatevers. It's just, it's, it's, it's like a machine versus the guy. It's, it's very David versus Goliath in some ways. And I think there was just a lot of build and, and Monday night was hilarious because everyone was like, do the thing, do the buy-in, do the, this, do the Suzuki match. And then, and every, every step of the way Tony was doing it and we were all just like, yeah. And then Tony replied to the guy being like, with the Roddy, you know, Jeff, the, the go up yourself or who, who gives an F and I'm just, I'm laughing and I love it. And I'm like, I'm looking forward to Tuesday. I am. And it was, and, and the shows were, the shows were serviceable. They weren't great. Um, but yeah, there were moments, Both none were of the title trash. changes, none of the title changes shocked me. I was like, they're going to take the title off Phoenix immediately for two reasons. One, it was never planned that he would win. And two, the guy's been injured every time he stepped foot in the ring since winning the title that he wasn't supposed to win. Uh, and then the, the Sheeta thing was you and I have been talking about them kind of hot potatoing that title since Soraya won it at all in and she's never on the show. Right. And when she is, it's usually seconding someone else or whatever it was. It was just, it, nothing shocked me there. Um, Danielson and Swerve. Great match. Uh, the, the hangman stuff with Swerve didn't do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then NXT was just an NXT show and like, feel how you will about developmental being developmental. It was a developmental show with a bunch of like WWE stars, you know, peppered in Oscar and Roxanne Perez was like a a good match, a solid match. Oscar was clearly having the time of her life. And Roxanne was very clearly like super excited to have the opportunity to do the match. I say Braun Breaker broke out because he got to share mic time with John Cena 
And then he got chokeslammed by The Undertaker. And to me, in the backstage world, that clearly meant somebody had some sort of um, expectation or at least respect for what Braun has done for NXT since the 2.0 and then the further rebrand as it is now. I'm being facetious when I say both shows were bad. It's not that I had high expectations for either. Here's the thing when it comes to my personal watching of these shows. I am typically working during this. It doesn't mean I miss anything because I'm still able to pay attention to a lot of this stuff. But when I am I'm working and I'm trying to juggle both shows, and I'm covering both shows, by the way. You can look at the the outputs of, of what I am doing. Like I'm trying to pay attention and cover both shows. I guess my expectations are just my, my attention differs because of that. I understand people are going to have a different viewpoint than me because of that. I A lot of people watch these shows to enjoy these shows. I am the terrible fan, the almost jaded fan of I watch these shows because it is a job for me to watch these shows at this point. Um, and especially when I have to actively cover the shows. So I did like Danielson and Swerve. I'm never going to knock the GOAT Brian Danielson. That match was outstanding. Uh, I thought Jay White and Hangman was a very good match as well. Um, I thought Orange and Phoenix. The wrestling on AEW, for the most part, was good uh, to, to even great. You expect that from AEW, though, right? Like, you turn on AEW every single week, and you're going to get a great match out of that company. That's just the expectation. For AEW. I don't think anything over delivered to where it's like, oh, that was that was surprising. Oh, Brian Danielson is a match. Okay, it's gonna be good. And it was. So AEW kind of did what I expected in ring wise, and even title changes. You mentioned it when they did Ray Phoenix and Orange Cassidy, even when they were doing Ray Phoenix and John Mox, I was like, Yeah, Mox is just gonna win this belt back. Oh, okay. Orange Cassidy, oh, that's a guy who makes sense um to where he's gonna win the belt i do like the post match where orange is like looking at the title is it like i'm happy to have this thing back is it this is what you know really carried me throughout the throughout the year uh before i lost it or is it like oh shit i got this thing again like now i gotta i gotta do like the realization of oh i gotta wrestle every week again type of thing i do wonder which way see dave is saying like he treated it like Gollum and the ring ignored his best friends like that's one way to look at it i think another way is of like i got this thing again like now i gotta go and carry this like the realization set into him of like i've won this thing again um no they could go either way with it but that's the intriguing part with that i like that you know orange cassidy approves orange cassidy winning the title or maybe he disapproves maybe he disapproves yeah, the title. He, should, he should get his limbs checked out he shouldn't be able to do it that way <laughs> we not, shall see uh, um anyway like like sheeta sheeta winning is the right call the soraya thing now just you gave her her moment at all in it didn't seem like you had a plan beyond that or plans changed beyond that and now she just got it like okay give Sheeta an actual run with this thing like let her let her cook with it and put on just great matches every week and I'm, i'd be cool with that give some substance uh we shall see if that happens uh with Sheeta having the title but you know you're gonna get great matches out of that so the wrestling 
was great. The wrestling on AEW was was great, as you would expect. Some of the other stuff, man, the Edge match, Adam Copeland's Ari. Renee Paquette over here doing <laughs> talking edge. Everybody's been saying it. Everybody's been saying Renee Renee's going gang gang bang and stuff. For like for her. You know what? She's talking gang bangs out here. You're talking about gang bangs, Joe Pearl? Yeah, but this is an we are an empowerment podcast. And Renee Paquette should be able to talk about whatever she wants, including gang, gang, gang bangs, gang bangs in uh, BBC for Renee Paquette out here. She's made that joke before, so I'm not saying anything out of pocket. Um, bless Renee. She rules. Uh, when are on the show, just talk hockey. Don't care about anything else. Let's just talk hockey. Um, what was I saying? When it comes to. Oh, OK, sorry. I got a message. You know, when it comes when it comes to. Uh, what were we talking about, Joel? Was the message about gangbangs that you just got? <laughs> message? No. <laughs> I want to interject. We were talking about the matches, and we were talking about things that worked and things that didn't work, and they, on AEW specifically. Oh, Adam Copeland. Adam Copeland, this guy, this little bitch. He had every Edge match you'd ever seen with this stuff. Like, it was it was fine, but like it just it continues just to not really do a whole lot for me. I the, the show ending brawl, I thought there was a pay-per-view this weekend because they, they did the show closing brawl. By the way, it all made sense. The brawl, all the threads together all made sense. They did exactly what we talked about on this show when it came to Danielson and Swerve and Jay White and Hangman. And that's oh, here's Hangman making sure you know Swerve has to play it clean by coming out and uh, taking the crown from Nana. And then here's Swerve getting Nana, making sure that, that Hangman doesn't get the victory over Jay. Like it, it went, uh, it went sort of how we expected on that or how, how we predicted on that. Um, but yeah, the, the wrestling was good. Some of the other stuff, I'm, I'm trying to think like what else actually happened on, on the show outside of just the good, the very good wrestling. What did you think about the Tony Storm stuff? What do you think about the 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 whole presentation throughout the night? They did uh, a couple of little silent movie stuff, and what do what do you think about Tony Storm? I thought it was smart because if you were going to turn away during commercials, it's like, oh wait a second, maybe I don't, maybe maybe I don't turn away, maybe I do want to see what's going on here. So I thought I thought it was a good use of of Tony Storm in that manner. And then she came out and she beat Ruby Soho with a shoe, which rolled. See that part I was a fan of. The stuff yeah. leading up to it, the silent film stuff, I had that crusty with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth after an itchy and scratchy cartoon just saying, what the hell was that? Yeah, I don't know if I don't I understand why they did it here. I don't know if you want to do this every single week with her. I think you maybe need to do a little bit more, but doing it here was at least smart. Because you're caught, you're competing with NXT. You want to have something rolling during the commercial of like, don't change the channel. Yeah. Keep watching this type of thing. Weekly, you need to do something else. Yeah, she was reacting to like the ads and stuff. It was, it was good. It was good stuff. But here's the thing: if you didn't, I saw the first part of it um, online. So like, if you just watch it and you got the, like the campy music and stuff playing. So if you don't see it side by side with the ads, uh, it. It's just kind of fun, Tony Storm, silent film type of stuff. But with the ad, it makes a little bit more sense. Um, yeah, I was watching I, the fight feed. So I was like, this, yeah, this is just silent nothing. <laughs> right. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, some people are saying, you know, Hobbs destroying Jericho. Hey, look, that was good. That was, I like Will Hobbs getting that big rub there. You, you know, my saying, Joel, what are you doing afterwards? Like what is next for that? Because that's a big moment. That should be a big deal. But if Chris Jericho just beats him on pay-per-view next, then it's like, okay, who cares? So we're going you got to the follow-up has got to be strong. We're going to go to LA. We're going to go to, to Willie Hobbs's, uh his home state and we're going to beat him because he's the heel. I hope they don't do that. I hope they, if they do a tag match, if they do something, yeah, Willie Hobbs has to win. Powerhouse has to keep winning. And how did you feel about them doing two back-to-back squashes? Because they did the, the, the Powerhouse Hobbs squash, which like arguably not a squash, but it was very one-sided. And then they did the Wardlow actual squash. I think it was like the next match or the match before they were they were side by side, uh, where he beat up Matt Seidel real quick. They did it. They did this just last week. Is Wardlow returns, does the squash, and then oh Hobbs returns and beats a bunch of people up. It's they're doing similar paths for both men. Obviously, one man is working with main event talent and with Don Callis. The other man is just beating randos that you can easily beat so one is definitely presented as a much bigger deal than the other right now but they're kind of doing a similar thing i thought that last week of like you kind of almost undercut wardlow's return because you do this big return with hobbs now and hobbs feels like a much bigger deal yeah it's true i'm 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 interested in seeing maybe they're on a maybe they're on a collision course who knows Maybe somehow they did that, didn't they? Didn't they do they did that with Joe? Yeah, they did it with Joe. I don't know. Yeah, we don't I don't need I don't need all of that. Just just give me give me something else. MJF's got or not MJF, sort of MJF. Wardlow's got the MJF tape on and everything. Like we'll see if that actually means something or if Wardlow's trying to work himself into an angle. Um we'll we'll see. Let's get it. Yeah, I don't I don't want to see them actually like wrestle. I saw uh it was it was there. Okay, that's fair. Listen, that's why I put it out there. Uh, let's get a couple super chats. Will Chisholm starts us off. It did pop me that both shows had fifty men thing. standing tall at the end, and I was standing there. I was like, mm, yeah, okay, I get it. Adam yeah. Copeland is only forty nine. He is not fifty until the end of this month. That's right. I believe it was me who reminded you of that fact. <laughs> it was Google. It was Google who reminded me of that fact. It was true. It was me who had Googled it to tell you. Anyway, Caden says, I liked how AEW didn't let up. Felt like pay-per-view. Yeah, you know what? In a lot of ways, they did keep going. I, By the way, good on TBS. I think TBS was uh, very lenient last night for many reasons and giving them 30 plus minutes, giving them an extra segment's worth of commercial free time. Uh, I, I think that was a make good for what had been happening the last couple of weeks on TBS. Yeah, they gave them, they went like 45 minutes before a commercial. The funniest thing, I listened to a bunch of Tony Khan interviews yesterday and there, and one of them was just like, Tony, what's the best birthday gift? Tony Khan's birthday yesterday, by the way. Tony, Tony, what's the best birthday gift you ever got? And he's like, well, TBS gave me three, uh, 30 minutes commercial free tonight. And that's a really great gift. Like, oh, amazing. The man's promoting. Bless him. The man's promoting. What do you think the best gift he actually has ever received is? Last night when Claudio and Wheeler did the crab dance with him. I truly believe like Tony, that is like the greatest gift ever for him. Or if like if the Jaguars ever won on his birthday, which 
I don't that I was gonna say it's probably happened, but then I thought about the history of the Jags. Like maybe it hasn't happened. Uh I truly think like those would be like the best gifts for him. Like I don't think he cares as much. Oh, I got this nice car or watch or whatever. I truly think it's like that those moments for him. That's fair. I mean, he clearly is not hurting for money or or possessions. Those are easy to uh, obtain for him. But I want to I want to address this. Uh, Dave Langer saying, "Did you see the outlet trying to get the CM Punk dirt?" That was um, Dan Lebetard, which I love when Tony goes on Dan Lebetard show because Dan knows that Tony is going to give no comments and promotes. It is in the description of the interview of like Tony Khan joins us to not answer any of our questions. It is there. They set up the interview of like Tony's going to be on. He's not going to answer anything. He's going to promote everything. And just they know and they will press and press and press. And Tony keeps going back so he knows the bit at this point the end of that interview is hilarious because they're asking tony all this stuff and tony's like you know it was a tough day at work and one of the guys is like you know what i like to do after a tough day at work tony i like to talk about it and tony's just giving him nothing he gives a little bit like bless tony he does give a little bit on it but tony at the end of it he goes i wish i could tell you guys more and then one of them is just like tony you're the owner you can tell us whatever you want like you don't have to keep anything from us like you can tell us anything Oh, Tony on Dan Levitard's great because they do ask the questions. They ask them about AW being cold as well. They do ask the questions. You you would want them. You would want, you know, all these people who get all high and mighty of like, why is it Tony asked about this? They ask that stuff and they press about that stuff. You're only going to get what you're going to get out of Tony. But yeah, I, that interview was hilarious. I love Tony when he goes on uh, Dan Levitard show because I love what they, the way they just press him on. Like, did you get hit with a left or a right? <laughs> like, oh man, man, they were they were going for it. They were going for it. Plus. And Tony's Tony's incredibly online. We know this, so of course he's going to be a part of this whole thing. And I'm sure. Listen, that also kind of shows that he, um, as seriously as he takes himself, he knows when to like play around with the silliness because you don't see him tweet the way that he tweets when it comes to Fulham FC or the Jags. The Fulham tweets are like, we are proud to announce that this player is joining us for the next five years at an annual above this much money. We look forward to many years with the, and we're proud Fulham supporters. AEW is just like, fuck you bald guys. (laughs) 30 minutes into buy-in wrestling's a different beast man it's a different and tony's online he's a form poster he comes from that world and everything like it's a, it's a different beast so but look bless tony i thought it was so fun uh monday night and then yesterday afternoon with all his tweets everything people get mad about that stuff whatever just let him have fun like ah, i wouldn't do that kind of stuff he's the owner of the company wrestling's the dumbest sport in the world i love it it pays me well but like it's stupid, right? Like wrestling is where where else are you gonna see the the world champion doing a song and dance number in the middle of the show? Like this happens with MJF. This happens with Kevin Owens and, and Chris Jericho. Like, where else are you gonna see this stuff? It's dumb as can be. So let Tony be online and and fight back with all this pettiness. And everything they should have Cody and Jade beaten up in the intro nitro style. That was cowardly that they didn't. The only thing that I disagree with is it's the it, it is kind of the optics with with Tony and and like 
I don't know how to put this without it making sense or not making sense. He did the whole like you want to be dicks, I can be dicks, putting up all those gifs and like the bald assholes thing. They're like the personal shots, you know what I mean? And I get that it's like it's it's all in good fun. And honestly, I'm sure that these people have all spoken at one point behind the scenes and maybe even like each other. People have made multiple jokes about like there's actually a weekly call that they all have on a Tuesday or Wednesday night where they would work on each other's shows. Who knows? It's when you, it, it was just the it's the optics of the WWE or the NXT side is just like very laser focused on their message being NXT, NXT, we're doing this show. It's going to be great. We have these stars. They're going to be there. And then the Tony side being like, screw you, bald guys. You're fat. You're ugly. You're stupid. Not, yes. not exactly that, but it was just, it, 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 the, the optics just seem weird to me sometimes. Look, I don't disagree with you on that, but Tony is playing to right now his audience. Does this maybe stunt the growth of the audience who does find it like, oh, that's a little immature. Oh, why does he got to do that? Why can't he just be the bigger? Yeah, it could. It certainly could. But AEW was built on just being an alternative and rallying against WWE shitty booking. Like that's how they were built. Bullet Club invading Raw and doing, you know, Jimmy Jacobs got fired over all this stuff and everything. Like this is what AEW was founded on. People who were basically against WWE. And so Tony is going to rally against all of that stuff. So he is just playing to his audience. Again, is he maybe stunting the audience a little bit? Possibly, possibly, but he's going to keep doing it. And, and yeah, look, Shadowdown Spurs says pissing company. Everybody's made their jokes and everything. It, everybody's taken the, the petty shots and everything. Does Tony lean in a little bit more than anybody in WWE in that position? Yeah, 100%. He does because he's very he's online with that triple H ain't online tweeting this stuff. There's, um sorry, there's also a personal stake in this as well. Triple H doesn't have he has a financial personal stake, but it's not the same money as what Tony has into this, you know, in that it's his company, his founding, his money. Triple H's big corporate entity, the money comes to me, it's my livelihood. Tony is the money goes in, the money comes out, and it's still my livelihood. So I kind of understand the feeling. There's also there's also just the way they handle and conduct business. And what I what I mean by that is WWE is a publicly traded company. They have investors and stuff to worry about and think about. So Triple H, the head of creative in a, in a high power executive position and everything, going online and arguing with a, another owner and stuff. You you wouldn't see you wouldn't see Roger Goodell go online and respond to fans and use memes and things like that. Like you just don't see it. You see Dana White do it because Dana White just, again, that's the culture of almost the, the UFC culture of like, we were banned, you know, just bleed guy and everything. Like everybody's against us. This is the sport that should not have taken it off, but it took off because Dana White would say, and look, I think Dana White goes way, way, way too far on this stuff, especially back in the day. He's a little bit better now, I guess. I don't know. He blocked me a long time ago for calling him a liar. Um, but I guess he's a little bit better now. Tony doesn't go to that extent. I, I think Tony has fun with it without fully, fully crossing a line. But if it's a turnoff to you, 
I do understand that. I see a lot of people where it's like, oh, Tony, it's childish. Like, you don't need to do all of this. And again, I do think that there's enough people out there who feel that way to where it might hurt AEW sometimes. But I do think Tony is playing, he's playing to his online audience and his online audience wants, let me put it this way. The people who like that stuff are already going to like AEW. And the people who don't like that stuff probably have already made up their mind that they're team WWE and they don't care. I don't think Tony is turning off any online person with what he's doing. I don't think he's growing anything with what he's doing. But I don't think he's truly turning anybody off either because everybody who is like, oh, Tony's being childish has probably already made up their mind that like, yeah, I don't like this anyway. Maybe they're just big MLW fans. That's fine. That's true, too. Uh, Chat Town Spurs also sent a super chat saying, I understand TK going crazy. They've tried to end AEW multiple times and failed. Go off, Tony. Have a day. And you know what? He did. And and I'm sure he's he's happy with how his show went. And there are people who are going to agree with him and people who disagree. But they put on their show. And I'm sure that they are uh, mostly happy with how that went. Uh, and then Will Chisholm also has a super chat saying, at first I liked it, but Tony Schatz just made me remember how he responds to Big Soul with the attacks. So there you go. That one was unnecessary. That one was just, it was way too in his feelings about that. And that was where somebody needed to be like, okay, let's not do that. Like you want to go after, I guess, wrestlers in another company. You want to go after, um, you know, he's taking shots at like Orton and stuff when Orton kind of responded to him. Uh, you want to, you want to do that kind of stuff. Fine. Like the, the swole stuff was like, Hmm, mm, what are we, what are we doing here? Just let Orton pay people to play Elden Ring for him. It's fine. <laughs> Thousand bucks gets you up to level one hundred. Good for him. But see that, and that is where Tony again. I think it's a it's a big turnoff because he does want to kind of he does have that bravado of like I got to punch back at everything. And sometimes you got to not punch back. Sometimes it's okay. You gotta you gotta pick who you're punching at, right? Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. You yeah. gotta pick who you're punching at. Cyclops better than Logan sent us some bits over at twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. Do we still get paid off of that? Anyway, the way TK comes off on Twitter makes it look like he has a little brother syndrome and that WWE tactics got to him, at least to me at least. And again, it is, it, it's optics. And if that's the way that you're seeing it, then that is the way that you're seeing it. Tony might feel a different way. It, we don't know, but uh, we sit here and we talk about it. Why Solable brings up, um, he went off on the female reporter. That was Ella J, by the way. Yes. Uh, Asked him about the the women's use, and he brought up NWA. And again, he doesn't handle everything the best. I'm not defending Tony on that. Go watch uh, our interview with with Ella J when Jensen and I had her on the spotlight. We talked about that. Um, you know, he doesn't handle that stuff the best. I can't defend the big, big swole stuff. That was terrible. Shouldn't have done any of that. Um, but when it comes to the WWE shots and the stuff that he was doing here. I didn't have an issue with it. it. It's it's not black or white with with everything, right? I don't have my mind made up of like, I'm going to defend Tony on everything or no, everything Tony does is bad. It's circumstantial. Uh, someone in the chat asking what little brother syndrome is. And it's essentially, you are treated like the little brother. I am the little brother. I am the youngest three. I was picked on because I was the little one. No longer uh, am I the littlest one in my family. But uh, yeah, that was that was the way it was. So he comes out swinging because this this might be the way that he feels. And yeah, compared compared to WWE, AEW is little brother. That's just the way it is because in, in the grand scheme of pro wrestling, no one's bigger than WWE. That's just the way it is. 
I'm an only child. I don't have any of these issues. Lucky you. I have only child syndrome, though. That is, yes, absolutely you do. But I'm glad. Wow. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. I just said it. Shytown's first sent us a super chat. This is going to get us into some stuff. I have a feeling I have a very different opinion about it than Joel. But that's very usual in the Jewish community. LOL. Thank you, because it's true. Either way, I have no place to tell any other Jew how they should feel about it. So what is it? Uh, It's on the thumbnail, uh, and a lot of people have talked about it. And um, yeah, let's just, let's get into it. So MJF comes out after the match with, um, that Jay White had with, um, oh my God. Hangman, thank you. I was uh, thinking Swerve, but that was the other match with Danielson. Uh, And then... MJF and, and Jay White have the back and forth, and then uh, Juice Robinson produces a roller quarters. Okay. Um, I am going to preface this with a couple of things. One, I am aware that Juice has done the roll of quarters. By the way, shout out Juice Robinson. I frigging love Juice Robinson, the human, the performer, the perpetually offline guy, because he's not going to see or hear this. But I, but I want people to understand that everything I'm about to say is not against him. It's not against his gimmick. It's not against what he does. My my problem and everything that I'm about to say is stemming from my experiences as, as a Jewish person. I don't speak for everyone. I don't speak for anyone but myself. Some of you are going to agree with me and some of you are going to disagree with me. That's okay. Okay? So I'm saying that at the top. And before you all comment, uh, live chat's different, but like commenters... Just hear me out. That was incredibly tone deaf. (laughs) Period. End of sentence. Jeremy, back to you. No. um, The the president... Oh, God. I don't even know where to start. um, I'm not feeling great mentally the last few days, okay? Um, I mentioned Ariel Hawani at the top of the show. He, He spoke for about 15 minutes about being a Jew and... Uh, the effects of what's going on in Israel and and how it affects him and and his support and all that stuff. I'm not going into that, but I'm going to tell people what I said in circles because I tend to keep that shit pretty, pretty tight. Um, I have friends there. I've I've visited Israel multiple times. Um, I don't like, I don't like the government there. I don't like what's going on there. I don't like the treatment of anybody there. I'm upset by what's going on over there Um, on all sides. It fucking sucks that. And then the memes started coming out a couple days later, you know, your Jewish friends are not okay. And there's a lot of support groups going on and I think it's wonderful and I think it's amazing. And I hope that you will all understand that we are all as humans processing this differently. Some of us are saying everything sucks. Some of us are feeling certain ways. Um, I had a conversation with someone and I said, I try to be as moderate as I can and see as much as I can from everybody's side of things. But unfortunately, sometimes moderate views gain moderate results. And it sucks that extreme views to, to one or the other side, binary views are what get people talking. And I hope that this conversation allows more people to see that there are a lot of moderate views that deserve to be heard. When I say all sides suck here, and I mean it, no one deserves to be living in a situation where, where you're under attack, where you're wondering where, what's going on in your life, where you're wondering where you're going to eat your next meal or if you are. 
So we'll, we'll go back to last night. He produces the role of quarters. Yes, that is a, a an MJF trope that he has brought up multiple times. And at one point, Jeremy, you and I had a conversation on this show about the idea of using the quarters in an MJF Adam Cole match. And we said, it's stupid. It's anti-Semitic. It looks bad to do it. And then Juice produced the role of quarters. Yes. We, we not only brought up, it was after the, after MJF told the story um, with Adam Cole and everything. And then, you know, it got brought up elsewhere. We brought it up here. We also brought up, how would you feel if it was Juice Robinson, who does have a history of using the role of quarters? Um, and I believe your stance was, and, and you can correct me on this, I believe your stance was still not good and it would there would need to be time like plenty of time that had passed and also just like do it and i don't think enough time has quite passed um and it it's not just done because he pulled them out and showed them last night but I, I i'm fairly positive you were all still against it there were just certain caveats there of like hey if this is how they're gonna go this is how they're going to go. Yeah. Uh, but it was still, yeah, do something better than that. So thank you. Cause I'm glad that you, that you had that in your head. Cause I couldn't remember most of that conversation for someone who says that he doesn't remember what he did yesterday. He did your research. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he produces the quarters and you know what? I would even go back and say that if shit wasn't happening the way that it was right now in the world, I probably would have looked incredibly differently at this. And I probably would have been like, huh, okay, they're doing it. I don't love it, but they're doing it. The way that they decided to do it with what's going on in the world right now was absolutely stupid. It was tone deaf. Someone, don't know who, don't know why they didn't. Someone should have said, maybe not this week. Maybe not this month. Maybe wait until things die down a bit. And I know people are going to come back and be like, well, Max said it was okay. That's fine. Max is the guy on the screen who gets to make the decision what his character and what his presentation affords. But there's more than just Max. Like there's more than just me. Like there's more than just everyone who's had an opinion about this. Wrong time. This could have been so much better presented three weeks ago. <laughs> But we're stuck in a timeline right now where shit's not good. And I saw that Max is going to go speak to, you know, a, a, a pro-Jewish a event. And it's wonderful. And again, I'm so happy. And I say this all the time. I love that Max Maxwell Jacob Friedman, the human, Max Friedman continues to be an openly proud Jew. And that's great. I want more of that. I've, I've started soliciting conversations with other Jewish wrestlers, performers, people in that sphere, because I want to have conversations with them that I can present to you down the line. And then stuff like this happens, and I'm like, well, shit, I don't know who wants to talk, and I don't know how we're going to talk about it. So now we're in this situation where I know it's going to pass, and I know it's going to go away. But in the moment, when it happened last night, around 9.30 Eastern, I was not happy and I was about to turn off the show and I said, no, I, I watch this for a living right now. And this is, this is what I do and I'm going to get past it, but I'm also pretty effing pissed. So um, yeah, that's, I wanted to put that out there and, and, and I wanted to say, you know, again, I mentioned Helwani. I DM'd him on, on Instagram because his DMs are closed on, on Twitter. What's wrong with you, Ariel? 
follow me back. No. Um, but I, I, I did thank him because he said a lot of things that I agreed with and made me proud to, to be a Jewish member of the media in this, in this combat sports, wrestling, whatever the hell sphere. Um, and, and I just wanted to make my thoughts known. And by the way, thank you to the chat who has been very understanding and respectful. And I hope that commenters after the fact, I hope you will be as well. Um, Jeremy, I, I open it up to you. I, don't know what you have to say or want to say, but obviously anything. Um, first off, I, I appreciate just all your comments, Joel. And I know it's uh, it's difficult for you. It's certainly more difficult for you than, than it is for me. I, I don't want to say don't listen to me, but I'm not important in this situation. I don't think I'm important at all. But I, in this, like what I have to say, I'll preface this with, with a lot of things. One, I'm very ignorant when it comes to real world issues. I've never really hid that. Uh, like I don't follow a whole lot of politics and a whole lot of this stuff. I don't really want to, to bring that into my professional wrestling. So when it comes to, to Israel and Palestine and all that stuff, I don't have, certainly don't have any real experiences with it, but I can't even say I've read past like more than one article on it. I don't know the scope of anything that is going on there. So it didn't fully register with me of like the timing was a bad, bad part of this. The wife had to be like, yeah, the, especially with everything going on. I was like, oh yes, that's right. Everything going on. Like this is, makes it far worse. Um, so I'm, I'm very ignorant when it comes to that. I try to educate myself the, the best I can. And I do that by listening to people like Joel. Uh, who actually, you know, understand and and just are educated on that. Uh, so that's that's the first thing. The timing, based on what I have read, based on what Joel has said, um, not good, not good. Don't don't do it with, with that timing. From a wrestling perspective, okay. From a wrestling perspective, I don't think it was good. I don't think the segment was good. I don't think the the MJF give me back my belt, Jay White. No, I don't I don't want to give you back your belt. And then you showing it and then I, I assume at some point they whether he does hit him or doesn't hit him, um MJF gets gets the final word is victorious. I don't think it added anything to this. I think there's just a better story to tell with all of this. And I know this is the story MJF wants to tell. He's said as much. He put out the, the tweet uh, in, in our post. It is said like everyone close to MJF says, this is the, he approved this obviously. Um, and this is the story he wants to tell. Okay. Like I can't, I can't knock that. That's a story that he wants to tell. And I'll go back to, and this, this is different levels completely different levels, but I hope everyone kind of understands what, what I'm trying to say here. The tiger driver spot between Osprey and Omega. That was a spot they wanted to put in that they felt comfortable doing it. And then that's the story they wanted to tell in the match. If you didn't like the spot, if you didn't think it was, you know, good, if you didn't think it added in anything to the match. Okay. But that was a story that they wanted to tell with that. This is the story MJF wants to tell i'm always gonna for the most part side with the performers on this stuff because it's their art it is their craft not the story i would tell that's for sure um but this is what he wants to do 
is it necessary? And that's what, as a wrestling fan, I'm, I'm trying to come at this from a, a wrestling perspective because I don't have the perspective of being, being Jewish and, and anything like that. I don't have that perspective. As a wrestling fan, does it add to the story? I thought the Tiger Driver spot did. I was like, oh, that was, that was a cool spot to add to this story. I don't think this adds anything. I don't. I don't, I don't think it, it doesn't make me want to see any of this more. And now the conversation is about this and it's not a good conversation to have about any of this. It overshadowed a lot of what AEW did last night. It overshadowed a lot of great in-ring work. And this is the conversation we were having about this. I just wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done it for many, many reasons. And the, the biggest one is I shouldn't say the, the biggest one. I just wouldn't have done it. Okay. I, I just would not have done this spot. I don't think that I don't think it was necessary. I don't think it added anything. And now you risk really alienating a lot of fans and a lot of people. It's an incredibly nuanced and multiple door opening situation that's going on in the Middle East. And um, <clears throat> we'll go back to the wrestling thing in a second. I just want to, I just want to say this. It's okay to not have an opinion. It's totally okay. It's okay to, 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 to just educate. It's, a, it's okay to also understand that this is not a binary situation. It is not one side or another. There are so many things at play going on right now. And it's always complicated when Jews are involved. That's just what we are. We're complicated people. Uh, and, and, no, and no one quite understands us. And that's fine too. But um, I'll bring up this comment from, from Jeff Alley So Jeff, I'm going to tell you, we, again, we, we're not attacking and I'm not going, you know, I'm going to respectfully disagree here. So he says, I support MJF telling the story and I understand that people don't like it. So where I disagree is the, the idea of just being like, Okay, it's cool. He's telling the story. Um, it's time and a place once again. It is. This is such a weird situation that we live in because anti-Semitism is rampant and it always exists. A lot of us downplay it, myself included, because look at me. I don't. I don't look like a stereotypical Jewish person. So for me, it doesn't affect me the same. I'm also a bigger dude. I don't. I, I told someone yesterday, like I don't look like I get physically messed with because. I'm just physically imposing. Jeremy knows like I'm a, I'm a big dude. So it doesn't hit me the same. Um, that being said, what's going on in Israel has exacerbated a lot of anti-Semitic rhetoric and a lot of anti-Semitic feelings to the point where last night's show and doing the quarters thing exacerbated that sentiment. And wrestling is about escapism. Wrestling is about escaping the world while still kind of bringing some true to life story ripped from the headlines, but you got to pick and choose from those things. And this was a situation where they clearly didn't have the right people picking and choosing what those situations were. Um, and you're not coming off as insensitive, by the way, Jeff, I want you to know that because again, everyone's opinion matters here as long as it's not clearly like F the Jews or, or anybody for that, you know, for that matter. Um, I don't think Juice is in the wrong here either. And I don't think Max is in the wrong. I, I just think collectively the situation, the decision to do this was poorly made. 
and the fact that that's the only that's the only binary you know thing that's happening is the yes or no to whether or not it should have happened to me the answer is always no in this case because of what's going on in the world right now so that's where my brain is everything else is messed up uh and that's a whole other can of worms but uh, i just i want to i want to get the super chat from will chisholm very um excuse me a very generous one thank you will says as a black man who's married and have a child with a jewish woman she saw it and felt some way she's uh, she understands it's wrestling but it hurt her and it's the same reasons you joel me explained i think all wrestling really needs to stop and let's get keats um yeah and, and again this is there's a way to portray it this wasn't the way to portray it this was a an opportunity that when presented could have been like, let's wait a little while, you know? And the irony of course, Jeremy, is you and I a couple of weeks ago or a couple of shows ago being like, they've got X amount of weeks until full gear and they've got so many stories to tell. And this is one of the beats, but I don't know, like maybe they could have moved the beat to another beat and switched it with beat number four, whatever it is. They decided that it was now. And we're like, they have so much time. And then they're like, Oh shit, we don't have that much time. That's that's what's frustrating, and that's wrestling. And and again, it's doesn't make it right, but it certainly makes it a little more frustrating for for people like me and people who may feel the same way I feel. Again, I'm not I'm not telling anybody how to feel. Um, I, I certainly respect what, what Joel has to say, and and our chat's been very very generous uh, and very very understanding with this. I'm trying to approach it from from a wrestling perspective on this. And maybe that's where I'm I'm wrong on that is I'm only looking at the the wrestling side of things. But I can't give any perspective of how uh, a Jew should should feel about this or, or anything like that. So I don't think it added to the story. I've seen people say that like oh well was it wrong when they, they did Muhammad Hassan? Like, where was the outrage there? One, Twitter wasn't around because if Twitter was around, there would have been plenty of outrage. Uh, there was plenty of outrage, let's be honest. It, the, damn, it. the damn character got pulled. The whole, yeah. thing, the whole like, thing got mixed because the media was like, what the fuck is this? But they, this, is, this is the stupid thing of like, oh, well, nobody said anything when WWE did this. They didn't fucking make it right then either. And again, we have louder voices now because of social media. Like, I'm sure... I'm sure if we had Twitter and stuff back then, it would have been just as loud and be like, no, what are we, what are we doing here? People go to wrestling for, for different things, right? Some people, you mentioned escapism. We don't want this real world storyline unless it is actually like the wrestlers involved. You know, we get the backstage drama and everything, but they, they don't want any type of religion, politics, anything like that in their wrestling and i completely understand that is mjf's choice to do this he was comfortable with it he's going to tell the story that he wants to tell i assume i don't know this for a fact i assume that the story is going to tell is that mjf is triumphant in all of this and it's like hey look what they threw at me look what they tried to do to me we can overcome this i assume that's the story that they are going to tell it's a positive message in the end. Again, assuming that that's how it played out. My thing is always is that was it necessary? Could you have told basically the same story 
without all that. I do think you can. Would have hit the same, not to MJF, because he he tells the the throwing quarters story. He's told that multiple times. He told it this year. So to MJF, this is an important story to tell. I'm going to trust him with that. But I don't think that downplays how many people are feeling about this, about the angle, and about just Juice pulling out the quarters. Again, I understand MJF's perspective. I understand this is a story he wants to tell. That does not mean that because MJF wants to tell it this way, that everyone just has to get behind and be okay with it. Uh, Will sent a super chat saying, as a 33-year-old man, I remember how I felt when DX dressed up like the nation. Yeah. It's, again... And there's a reason... Sorry, sorry, Joel. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. There's a reason that shit gets cut off of Peacock now. There's missing 30 Rock episodes because they do blackface on that show. Like, there's a reason that this stuff is now cut out on in 2023 what flew and what people thought was great entertainment in 1998 99 all that there's a reason that it does not play in 2023 they did a whole thing with the transsexual person that was a whole other with mark henry when he was a sex addict they they, just because it made you laugh then doesn't mean it's going to make you laugh now and it'll probably with the benefit of, of education and, and hindsight, probably make you think, oh, that, that wasn't right. And again, this is, you watch All in the Family now, you're not going to laugh the way you may have back in 1970, whatever. I'm off the soapbox. I know that in a week I'm going to be looking back and hopefully just just talking about the wrestling again. But I wanted to put it out there because to me it's important. Chi-Town Spurs sent a super chat saying everyone's going to feel different. I personally have more issues with Paul Heyman's character than this, but that's another can of worms. I'm curious as to what you mean, but I also want to point out my favorite thing about Paul Heyman is the little Yiddishisms that he adds to his character and the fact that he'll do like my favorite line from him was he was just talking talking doing his thing and then this was maybe 2004 when he was doing smackdown he's just like blah 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 all the mishigas and that was the first time i ever heard him like toss out a yiddish word in the middle of a promo and i just laughed my ass off so for me i like paul that's just me but i'm I'm interested into your feelings about that uh anything to add jeremy before we we move along yeah, that segment even before the quarters came out sucked. The the stuff of like, give me back my belt. You didn't earn that belt. What do you mean give it back? I have it. Clearly I earned it. It was awful. I didn't like any of it. And then the, the topper was the topper. So I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling this feud. You mentioned that the belt... The belt stealing is very good or very not good. Uh, like it, it typically just isn't a great angle. It's boring, lazy. Yeah, like they didn't do they didn't do any of that. I was so interested in the devil stuff the other week with the attacker, and now I guess they're slow playing it, but ain't, ain't great, ain't great. So even before, even before the 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 quarters came out, I was checked out on that segment i was completely checked out and, and didn't like it i'm just gonna finish with this maria you're in our chat you clearly joined us later at least you decided to to pipe up in the middle of our conversation i will reiterate like i did at the top and i will reiterate now at the bottom of this conversation i am speaking as myself i'm speaking as a jewish man 
I'm speaking as someone who has um, has had an experience over the last few days dealing with what's going on in the world. I'm not telling anyone how to feel. I'm giving my my personal feelings. Maxwell Jacob Friedman, Max Friedman is doing his story the way that he's doing it. That's fine. The larger conversation here was whether or not something like this in this story at this time was the right time for it to happen. So please stop repeating literally all the things that at the top of the conversation I said, we're not here to talk about. And literally what, what I said as well of like MJF's going to tell the story, how he wants to tell it. That's completely fine. I, that's his right to do it. People are going to feel how they feel about it. And that's their right as well. So if people don't like it and if people just have certain feelings when it comes to that, that is complete, especially people who are close and people who are in that community, listen to them as well. Everybody's trying to tell people how to feel. Just knock it off. Tito Ortiz is out here. Let me tell you how you're feeling. Get out of here. I still feel like shit. <laughs> I wasn't on Monday's show because I felt like garbage. I still, I'm still congested. Like I'm still sniffling and blah. Um, hey, you sound like shit, Joel. Do I? I knew it. Pro Wrestling Podcast sent us a super chat saying, now nah, we got a new name for the Triple B. This this was actually That great. popped me. That yeah, did bang, pop me. I bang, bang, like belt is perfect. That is gold. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and and that's, probably, that's probably the one thing from that segment that I'm going to happily take away is just be like, bang, bang, belt. Good. You can do whatever you want now. <laughs> so uh, let's move along. I want to get... Uh, hey, hey, by the way... Um, I appreciate you guys in in the chat. I really do because this is a conversation that has no right answer. This is a situation that has has no right answer, but I really 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 appreciate the respectful engagement that like that I'm seeing here. So thank you for that. And hopefully commenters you will do the same. I I'm going to not look at the comments. Will Chisholm sent us a super chat as we transfer over a little bit. Uh it, it's rhinitis. Is that is that specifically about my nasally voice right now because of my is that about just, rhino? It's a rhino. Well, that rhino is that, that that's the nose, right? I have <laughs> no idea. Yeah, I guess a rhinoplasty is is nose surgery. Yeah, so, I can yeah. I can I can usually well, rhinitis is like a it, it's when you're sick is when you're stuffed up. Anyway, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's just a anyway. Do you need uh, to get bored? Uh, no, but I hope that uh, at Monsters Ball at Bound for Glory, Rhino Spears just gores Gore. Macklin through a barbed wire table with glass tubes on it. We're gonna do that. Yeah. Think I can get Steve Macklin back on this show? I, I I'll get him back on the show if he knows that I'm beating you up. Oh shit, that's right. Maybe I'll go see him next month in Toronto. Anyway, uh, it's Rhinitis. Okay, so things I like and I don't like. I didn't like on both shows. I did love the Brian Pillman Jr. promo. Cody getting that dusty hard times pop, and then him and Jay should have come out to NXT drunk. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Have been. So let's talk a little bit about NXT. Uh, the show was sure categorically different from AEW overall probably not the best show they've ever put on but they brought out all the hits they brought out LA Knight as a surprise uh Cody Rhodes was yeah GM yeah uh what did we want to talk about we talked about it he made his big announcements he announced what everyone already knows not a North American championship match I was very upset yeah he's cowardly honestly He's, he was cowardly with his GM decisions. Didn't book himself like a true, like a true booker. That's really what this came out to be, right? Is that Cody heard the criticism of Dusty? This is what he did in AEW. Oh, I'm not going to give myself a title shot. 
and everything. He should have leaned into this. Should have leaned into it of like, I'm the booker. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put myself in a title match and put myself over, baby. That's the Cody Rhodes that we need. This was lame booking by Cody Rhodes. Cowardly booking by Cody Rhodes. Men's breakout tournament. Dusty comeback. Dust, the Dusty comeback special. Sorry. The, the Dusty Rhodes uh, tag team classic returns. And he's the, the guest GM. So there you go. Cody Rhodes. The, I love that the, the bada bing over the top rope, whatever is just the, the, Hey, here's how many tag teams we actually have in this company. And you'll be seeing them in a few weeks in the dusty tag team tournament as well. Basically. I, I did a wacky battle Royal concepts. Cody being like, this is just like my father used to do. And it's like, they've done these type of battle Royals before where they, it's the dynamite battle Royal. The, they do the the battle royal and then the two men have a singles match. Usually it's the week later, but that's that's what it is. Like, what are we doing here? I like the uh, they do the the segment with the Andre Chase and two things that really pop me. One is that they bring back Halloween Havoc as like this is Dusty's idea. Remember Dusty Rhodes? Dusty is amazing. Is Cody here? Where's Dusty? Dusty Rhodes is fantastic. And finally, I just. You know how this whole JC Jane and Andre Chase thing ends? They go fuck. They should. They're Everybody going should. to have sex. Everybody should. Everybody it's, should be fucking. That's true. Right? If you take away, you should take away other stuff from the stream. If you take away nothing else from the NXT portion of this stream, take away that. Get to fucking. <laughs> Uh, what else happened on this show? GTF, not GTS. GTF, yeah. You know what? GTS, get the sex in, everybody. That's what the GTS, that's the only GTS I'm interested in. I don't care about, I ain't going to sleep. I'm getting to sexin. Byron Sexton? No. Okay. Uh, and anything else from the show? Oh, the, um, oh my God, I had it on the tip of my tongue and I forgot. Uh, something else that happened from NXT that was really fun. Oh, Jade. Jade showed up and they did the whole being welcome to Shawn Michaels. She does. She rules. She just shows up like, what up? And Shawn's like, they're wild here tonight. That's it. <laughs> shows up at the beginning of Fastlane. Triple H like, what up? Like, great to have you here. All right. I love how she posted the whole like, yo, someone's calling me. And I was like, please ask him <laughs> to unblock all of us. <laughs> Like, since you have all this power, Jade Cargill. Uh, yeah, it was, you know what? It was a funny moment. It did exactly what you and I expected uh, of just showing up, and uh, it was fine, whatever. And then, uh, yeah, nothing, no no title changes, no nothing. They did the Ilya Dragunov versus Dominic Mysterio match, which, by the way, was, was good. Ilya Dragunov is just such a solid wrestler. And to be able to, to work with someone like Dominic, who is getting better, you know, week by week, getting those reps in, uh, this was a good match for those two. What'd you think of, uh, of the title match? That was a good name. Or a good name. I was looking at uh, Jason Major's comment. Um, that, that was a good match. Look, Ilya's great, right? Ilya's great. So I wasn't expecting anything different. Dom is good when he is working with someone who is very good. I think Dom... He, he gets a fair amount of criticism, some of it justified, some of it not always. But when he's in the ring with a good professional wrestler and Ilya might be top five in the company, 
Like he's going to have a good match. And so they had a good match. LA Knight got the big pops because Judgment Day comes out and he's beating them up and everything. We're talking about the GOAT, John Cena being there, my guy showing growth. Showing growth. I actually didn't like that. I wanted to cut down Braun Breaker. I want to go fine speech. The fine speech he gave. Then he just starts ripping on him for his father and his terrible comments. And then his uncle who should done some like Steiner math on him. Like, oh, I wanted I wanted John Cena to rip him down. I was like, you know why you've been in NXT for like three years and everybody says you're a future WrestleMania main eventer, but you're still down here? You just don't have it. You think you have it because of your lineage, because you come from the Steiner family. But look what it took to get them. Rick, tag team specialist. That's it. Never got past that level. Scott, what happened when he got to the big time? Failed. Failed on his multiple attempts. The only time he was successful was when he couldn't remember algebra. You've been down here for two years now. This company, I hate the handing thing, but this company has handed you everything. They gave you the keys to the kingdom. They gave you NXT 2.0. They built NXT 2.0 around you. You represented NXT 2.0. How long that last? What happened to NXT 2.0? You couldn't carry it on your back. And then they had to usher in a new era. They had to bring back guys like Seth Rollins. They had to bring back guys like Baron Corbin. They had to bring back people like Becky Lynch. People who actually worked and scratched and clawed and made it to the main roster and made it successful. Not you coming in here thinking you're getting handed everything. You don't actually want to put the work in. You've been told you are so great because you're the son of Rick Steiner. You're the uncle. You're the... whatever i nephew of scott steiner which actually put some work in around here big dog and then cena just fucking rips them that's it that's the john cena promo i wanted right there yeah but there was still that one line that would be these people didn't come here to see you and john cena just being like they can't John Cena looked like he was having the time of his life in that small crowd, getting the the whole crowd was singing his theme as they should. Bless John Cena. The one dude who was booing him and he's like, you know what? I respect it. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, Cena is so good. You put him in, especially these smaller environments where you can hear like everything. He heard that one dude was like, John Cena sucks. Like, you know, I respect your honesty. That's one of my, uh, ethics out there oh, yeah, john hustle, was so good hustle loyalty respect and honesty that was the <laughs> that was the h it was hlrh but uh we just didn't we didn't use the last one it got cut in post john, uh, he was having a good time you know what john rules he shows up oh my god this was my favorite part by the way the john cena whole experience he shows up in whatever honda he showed up in and then they they go to commentary, and Booker T is just losing his shit. He's like, I expected him to show. Sorry, I'm not gonna do the voice. It hurts. It's like Black I expect no voice. I can't even do it. Said I expect him to show up in like a Rolls Royce or a Bentley or something. <laughs> he was just ripping it. Doesn't John have a, a Honda sponsorship right now? 
Oh, John showed up in his gear. That's pro right there. What do all the vets say? Bring your gear, bring your gear. Don't forget your gear. John's like, you know how I ain't going to forget? I'm just going to fucking wear it there. Yeah. Dude. All these people should Road, show up just wearing their gear. Road and track. John Cena daily drives a Honda, a Honda Civic Type R. That's what he showed up in last night. <laughs> John's the best, dude. The absolute best. Oh, oh, I'm going to miss this man. I miss this man already. <laughs> Friday night SmackDown. He'll be there. You're going to say you'll see him on there. Show him yeah. on Zoom on Friday. Um, Michael Cole on Monday <laughs> telling Cody Rhodes, hey, are you a pussy or are you going to go after that title? Well, pussy? Michael Cole's got some balls on him, <laughs> by First, the way. This is, this is somebody in creative seeing the discourse around the whole like fast lane. Nobody asked the important questions. And they were like, Hey, Michael, I got an idea. Dude, dude, dude. I don't think PSAs. I don't think it's PSAs. But someone just went up to him and was like, I got an idea. You, you got to go in hard and be super journalistic. And they did it, and it was really good. I really enjoyed that segment on Monday. Just asking Cody Rhodes, hey, are you pussy? Are you going to go for the title, you pussy? He's going to show up on SmackDown. He's going to punch Roman Reigns in the face on SmackDown, and he's going to go confront Cole. It's like, fuck you, Cole C. What's up now, Cole? Just knock this man square in the face. I thought I thought you meant Michael Cole was going to hit Roman Reigns. Oh, that'd be so much better. Michael Cole versus Roman Reigns in Saudi. <laughs> Michael Cole's undefeated at WrestleMania. Roman's lost there. Michael Cole should slap. You know what, Michael Cole? Michael Cole should interview Roman on Friday. Well, nice of you to show up, you know. I've missed two shows in like 25 years. I'm working two shows a week. They got me working both these shows right now. You ain't defending this title since August. You don't never show up. Smack. That didn't sound great. Just a great, great old smack. It's like, I'm the big dog around here. Michael Cole. And then Michael Cole wins the title. Put all the belts on Michael Cole. Feud with Bailey going into WrestleMania. That's what we need. I'm a big fan of that idea. Let's do it. Bailey, if you're listening, pitch it. Let's go. Cole versus Bailey is the WrestleMania headliner. Night one or night two? Night two. That's closing everything, baby. That's true. That's a Tokyo Dome main event right there. Yeah. <laughs> Cole to just slap the shit out of Roman Reigns for never showing up. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like that bitch ass Cody Rhodes. I ain't backing down from you. I'm here. I'm here every week, <laughs> twice a week. I've missed two shows in 20 plus years. I can tell you what shows there were and what I missed them for. Uh, by the way, does anyone know in the chat what those two shows were? That he, he said it before. He he? Said, I think I've transcribed it, uh, honestly. So it was probably a Pat McAfee conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he just shows up on McAfee. <laughs> anyway. Bless Michael Cole. Put the belt, put all the belts on Michael Cole. All right, we'll move away from NXT in a second. Will Chisholm sent to Super Jet saying NXT knew what they were doing, having Paul Heyman talking to Ava Rain. So the NXT anonymous account, which is a very interesting and strange Twitter account that NXT seems to continue running, and we don't know who's behind it, and we probably never will. It was probably it's just some social media dude, right? Like it ain't yeah. like who's actually behind it. It's just <laughs> I'm not gonna say it. It was the subject of a Fightful Select report from yesterday. <laughs> That's who's behind oh, it. Oh, <laughs> boy. Oh. Yeah, sorry, a little too topical. Uh, the Ava Rain and, and Paul Heyman. CM thing. Punk. 
<laughs> yeah, it's punk. Uh, I, I like the idea of them at least teasing what's next for Ava. And I like that it was Paul, you know, going in and, and pitching and being like, you you are one of us. He didn't say it, but he's pointing to his to his back uh, backplate on his phone, right? It was good. Yeah, bloodline. All right. Yeah. Acknowledge. Acknowledge me, Joel. We, we, we'll probably have a larger conversation about this on Friday, and then we'll definitely have a conversation about this on Monday. You got very mad at me about, I said, Roman should return and be like, where's Dwayne at now? He's showing up when I'm not here. And you're like, no, can't tease it. No, 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 no. Are they not teasing something now with Paul Heyman and The Rock's daughter? Okay, yes, they are. Here's the problem. The NXT Anonymous account has done a few things that either didn't happen or happened that week on NXT TV. There hasn't been a middle ground there. This is the first time that they could actually play off on it. And if they do, then yeah, listen, maybe, maybe Dwayne is back in conversation, but also the, the strikes are ending. So would this, would he want to be coming back? Is this his, is this the rocks attempt to do you not listen? Something? Do you not listen to Dwayne? He loves the WWE universe when he goes out there and he feels the people the millions and the the goosebumps, you know, I like when he like rubs his arm like like this goosebumps, everybody. He, when he feels the goosebumps out there, there's no rush like that. Are you saying Dwayne now because the strike is out? Does he want to go back? That's his family out there. He's home when he's out there. Joel, are you doubting Dwayne? Yes. I also think that he knows that the only people who are going to openly cheer him and love him and respect him unconditionally are WWE fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, shout out. out to uh, shout out to Jason in the chat mentioning that Michael Cole missed a Raw in 2017 for his son's wedding and a Raw after WrestleMania 31 selling the F5 from Brock Lesnar. There you go. He should take a he should take a F5 from Brock again. And then, you know, since he missed the the one week, but then he should just return right to the announce booth. Just like that bitch Brock Lesnar. He ain't as strong as he used to be. Made me miss the show a few years ago. Nowadays, I'm right back in the booth, baby. I need just like gangster Michael Cole of just talking down to everyone, just not selling shit, slapping the fire out of people. Like, this is what I need. Just Michael Cole is at the point of where like he just doesn't care. He cares, but like he's completely like unhinged now with triple h which rules i need them to just fully go all in on this i call it diver bitch you light is brought <laughs> come back and face me like a man uh, push cole baby yeah just just no sell it just he gets it and then he just gets up walks to the booth keeps calling and he's like yeah brock ain't got <laughs> shit anymore so it's funny you say that because five years ago what like this week or something is that bound for glory spot where it was Austin Aries versus John oh. Morrison, where they did the Impact World Title Switch. Morrison wins. They were at the Melrose Ballroom in New York, and uh, that was five years that was ago. Five years ago, twenty eighteen. So remember, we talked about the Concrete oh. Jungle match with uh, with Santana. Yeah. So that that was the same night. That was the same the same show, and uh, yeah, that that was the same time. So for those who don't know, uh, Morrison won the Impact World Championship. 
He did the starship pain one, two, three. And then Ares just got up and just walked to the back. No sold it, just peace, deuces. And Michael, uh, sorry, not Michael. uh, Yeah, Michael Cole. John Michael Cole had been there and Austin Aries tried that shit. Michael Cole would have knocked him out and then hit him with the too small after that. Johnny Impact. Michael Cole would have been like, you trying that shit on me at my time? Hell no. Yeah, he just, he left the ring, flipped him off. That was it. And yeah, Johnny Impact was just like, I won the title, I guess. Yay. So, yeah, that was five years ago. That was 2018. So, uh, I just remember covering that. That was like my first year covering stuff for Fightful. And, like, I, like, it's it's grown. Wrestling has been crazier than ever since then. But I remember just having to, like, cover all of that stuff of, like, is Aries at the impact tapings? Is Aries' contract expired? And all of this stuff. I was like, oh, man, this is, this is annoying. I don't want to write this much about Austin Aries. No one did. Uh, it was just, yeah, that, that was a thing. And uh, I saw Jeff in the chat talking about how people were getting paid to go to the TV tapings in Ottawa. Buddy, this is Bound for Glory 2017. Look how excited you are. You're throwing up was, the... the, the, the can't see. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason... Joel that, Pearl. Was that a double? Was that a double Shaka? Yeah. So here's the thing. I was there. Um, hard cam was behind us. So we were the rows like... You see the back of our head. Um, I knew the camera guy was taking photos, so I kind of hammed it up. So <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, have that. Oh, lie, Joel, you were having time of your life. Out I there. enjoyed the show. Sammy Callahan came back that night and ruined the LAX match. That was that was fine. Uh, but yeah, I love that. That's a that's a photo from Impact uh, from their website. So they that was a show they that was Anthem had purchased. Impact. What's the caption? on this photo if you want to be a rowdy fan like this guy you can come backstage it was probably it was probably fans excited for you know impact bound for glory uh something like that or a new era because this was anthem had just purchased it this was rebby hardy's f that owl era so uh this was a hell of a time this was that same show was when jimmy jacobs showed up and he showed up, I think, with the abyss behind him at the commentary table. And then there was another guy who's a piece of shit. Uh, he was there, Alberto Del, whatever the fuck. And uh, the, the show itself was actually a lot of fun. They did it at the Aberdeen Pavilion in Ottawa, which is not a venue for anything. They had to set up bleachers. They had to set up. They had to set up everything because it is a big open it's it's usually you know what it's for, it's for when the when the exhibition is in town it's where like the livestock exhibits go okay it's just a it's like the food court so it's it's just a big empty space and that's where they ran bound for glory this is joel pearl after the undertaker appeared on nxt last night <laughs> nope notice how notice how not white my beard is in that photo Leave it. We gotta leave this photo here so I can always bring it up to when something bad happens, and I can be like, you know how Joel Pearl reacted to this segment? Ah, Undertaker! Ah, you look like you're rocking out. Ah, and American badass, watch me kick. You can roll the rock. You can radio edit. uh the guy in the white t-shirt by the way is one of my oldest friends shout out to him shout out to alex uh, he's a great dude so were you rocking out to american badass last night absolutely no <laughs> i knew it was him coming out i knew it was gonna be i was you know what they did they didn't do the regular edit of his theme song 
they just threw on the track. We're just like, all right, whatever, fuck. <laughs> and they just let him go. Shotzi right. had a problem with getting the tank around, but no problem with that motorcycle for Undertaker. <laughs> I think he's a pro, baby. I he guess. Knows, he, he knows it. Ever since that thing didn't start on him uh, on that one episode of Raw, he's like, nah, I got to figure this out. So I don't look stupid anymore. You know, walk that thing up the ramp that one episode of Raw. Nah, he, he knew. He knew. Let's get to the super chat from Will Chisholm. Y'all, y'all would know, but is Vince is that is the CC? Is Vince closed caption <laughs> because, because higher higher ups, not UPS, you, not UPS, not maybe higher ups. Higher you United Postal Service. That's right. I think he's. I think I think Will's really asking is. Uh, is Vince actually gone because of TKO? Is it a is there a bigger story to this? So FIFAselect.com, we had the the whole situation rundown that the feeling internally is that Triple H, that, that Paul Levesque is dealing is, is the creative guy for WWE, that he is making the creative decisions, and that Vince is just not factoring in nearly as much. And you're seeing there there is proof to that. There is merit to that at least. Uh, creative control is what Y Solo is saying. Uh, that that possibly could be what the CC is. So, creatively in control. Anyway, uh, look at who's showing up on on screen more and more. I think the funniest thing was Riccicino on Raw mentioning that um, you know so and so and all these people showed up. Uh, now all I need to know that Vince is gone is if uh, Caden Carter and Katana Chance show up, and then the next segment they show up, and I'm like, well, he's sold. <laughs> So yeah, the the Vince story seems to be that uh, he's not factoring in as as much creatively as before. We shall see. You know, of course, like we've heard that story before, and then it then it changes. So it does it does seem like he is, according to all the reports, he's a little little less than he's not out or anything. He's still there. He's still doing stuff. He can't get in the weeds anymore. Joel Pearl. Yeah, someone someone mentioned that. That was a good shout. We had it first. Stay away. No one else wants that name for our show. Uh, But the uh, the whole thing with uh, Vince is out, or is he out? It's just like last Friday when it's like CM Punk walks in, but does CM Punk actually want in? Here we are. We're back again, and CM Punk does not get a WWE shot again. I don't know. So many stories, Jeremy Lambert. So many stories. They they they're using the. The fake GTS. People are, you know, reacting to that. I don't. We're not talking about CM Punk. What's on Dynamite tonight? I can't do it. My AI Tony Khan because there's no Dynamite. So that's tonight. the thing. We have to hope that our MLW interview on Friday A comes through and B that they will like spend an hour with us because I don't know what we're going to talk about. Nah, there's some dumb, some dumb. You know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about right now. And this is all we're going to talk about on Friday. Two hours. There we go. Okay. Two hours of this on Friday. So don't tune in now, everybody. Ratings. We're going to talk about ratings on Friday. That's what everybody wants to hear about. Ratings. (laughs) What's your prediction, Joel? Go ahead. Put it on record. Both companies have a good time put it out there joel come on yeah we're gonna call it toxic friday by the way we should do this okay 
I don't we'll have SmackDown talk about Roman Reigns returns. Michael Cole is going to slap the shit out of him, declare himself to be the new tribal chief. Michael Cole on the show. <laughs> Could we get Michael Cole on the show? Oh, that would be great. We got to get Michael Cole to so cut a promo on, on Brock Lesnar on this show. Is Michael Cole on cameo? <laughs> oh my God. I hope so. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Um, okay. Right, uh, so again, I think a lot of people have mentioned this and, uh, in their ratings predictions, and I kind of I, I feel the same way that demo will go to AEW and viewership will go to NXT. There you go. Okay, we're gonna do Toxic Friday. I love this suggestion from Jeff Feller Driver. It's it's gonna be everything, it, it, everything negative on Friday. We're just gonna create the worst discourse ever on this show, just as a bit, just as a bit. Yeah, we say it as a bit. We know people are going to bite. <laughs> yeah, that's not our problem, okay? That's not our fault. That's your own fault. If your mental health has been in the shitter this week, come <laughs> join us on Friday where we make it worse. What do you, you want to do Positivity Friday, Joel? No, because that feels forced on so many levels. Mercury is in whatever makes you feel bad right now. <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> it's engagement day. Listen, y'all have been very, very supportive in the super chats today, and I want to, I want to shout you all out because that that helps drive the conversation that we're having or not having in certain cases, and uh, and we really do appreciate it. So I do, I do want to put that out there right now. I Keep like the toxic. Them in I like the toxic Friday bit. By the way, we'll troubleshoot this. We'll workshop this. I don't want to make Joel Pearl uncomfortable. Me, I don't care because I. I do this show. I have a great time with it. And then I log off and then I work. I don't keep up with anything after that. I do not care past that. Bless Sean Ross Sapp, who has to debunk all of these stories and has to deal with all of it. Jeff, you're basically, you're part of the show at this point. I mean, we steal everything from you. We got to send you royalties on a lot of stuff right now. I want to do toxic friday where we just create the worst discussion in the world and just see just see what happens let's see let's again as a bit as a this is a social experiment joel pearl social experiment let's see if like the the viewership and stuff goes up the headlines gotta be something like nxt trounces aew in the ratings type of thing. Like it's gotta be something like that. Okay. We just had 50 minutes ago, a whole conversation that culminated with me saying moderate conversation yields moderate results. And now we want to completely toss it on its head. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. (laughs) (laughs) And this is what's really, (laughs) there are podcasts that I know of out there that literally take various takes from the from the internet, especially about wrestling, and like talk about them. We've had shows pitched to us, Jeremy, about people wanting to create content based on this, and we've shot them down each time because it's just not what we want to do. We've had segments, yeah, pitched to us about just stuff like this, and no, it's not what we want to do at all, but. One, I think our audience knows this show well enough and knows certainly me well enough of what's a bit, what 
what the actual discussion and discourse is. We're probably not going to do Toxic Friday, everybody. Okay? But we should. Although, I will point this out. Will Jeremy and Joel dress up like Gigi Dolan and JC Jane? <laughs> yes! Yes! Hold on. All right. Which one? Which which one are... Let me pull them. JC's the one who's currently about to have sex with Andre Chase. <laughs> yes. Get into sexing. I respect her. I'll be her. I'll be... I'll be JC Jane. You got to dye your hair red, Joel Pearl. I mean, it's already kind of. It was red. I swear to God, this used to be very red. Oh, man. See, okay. So here's Ryan Sullivan, of course, makes a makes the point of like, I need to be in full care. I will. That is what, again, is going to separate us from these other shows that just do it because they maybe believe it or they want the actual engagements. And me, I'm having fun with it. And you know I'm having fun with it because I will put on a silly outfit or do something stupid. And it's like, yeah, we can't take this idiot seriously when he got cake on his face trying to have these type of conversations. So I will I will be a new character, new new bit. That's a different show. I was on that show. I was Rick Rude last night, Joel Pearl. Did you see that? Did you see my I did. Cameo? I did. It was very funny, actually. I got a fight Mansoir, by the way. I don't like him. By the way, I need to point this out. The reason Mansoor showed up, because I was unavailable. Don't lie. Don't lie to the people. I'll show people the DMs. Kate was like, you want to come and do the thing? And I was like, I'm eh, not feeling great. I don't know if I want to do this tonight. And she's like, that's cool. I think I might be able to find a ringer. And I'm like, okay, good luck. And that was that. And then Mansoor showed up. I, I don't like Mansour. made Mansoor last night. I don't like him. Why not? He just creep. It creates work for me. Like I try to go to bed last night and I'm getting messages like Mansoor said this on our show. Give you one guess as to who sent me that message. And I'm like, yeah, I Alex know. Pulaski. I covered it. Hey, you know, you give Sean credit for watching this three hour Twitch stream that I was watching that I did stories for. I'm going to fight Mansoor. He has no idea who I am. <laughs> That's true. He's too busy trying to get Sean on the phone to debunk certain things. <laughs> here's here's what we need to do. Louis got it. <laughs> NFL ratings kill both these clown companies. They don't even touch the Thursday game only on Amazon. <laughs> that's true. Toxic world. That's that's the toxic toxicity we need. Maybe Impact's gonna have a banger show on Thursday, and then I can carry over the the post show conversation to Friday, right? No. I just know that I don't have to talk about, I don't have to watch wrestling tonight and I don't know how to feel about that or what to do. What should GTS, I do? GTS, Joel Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleep? I would love to. Hockey tonight, baby. Avs playing 10 hours from now. 10 hours. Colorado Avalanche kickoff. The 2023-2024 Stanley Cup run. Benton Hurricanes played 7 o'clock. Ducks are going to lose at... When do they play? They don't play. No one's going to watch them. The Ducks and the Golden Knights are on Saturday at 10 p.m. I'm not going to be watching that. I remember when hockey was good. Hockey is good. Well, the, the views of certain people in hockey who have a lot of power suck. Buddy, let me tell you. Huh? <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's a whole. That's a different podcast, and I don't want to talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. But the, the actual product is good i'm not knocking the nhl product um 
Some of it does suck, though, as far as their decision-making off the ice. Toxic Friday, everybody. Get ready. I'll be the only toxic one. That's fine. You don't have to lean into this like I will, Joel Pearl, but I'm let's, going for it. Listen, I'm going to dress see. up like Mandy Rowe. <laughs> does that mean I have to dress up as Dana Brooke? <laughs> I could not pull that off. I mean, very few can. All you need is some duct tape <laughs> or electrical tape. It doesn't. It, 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 Did she it, wear like electrical tape? I mean, thing? at one point they all do shoots with electrical tape. God bless. You know what? That's a tough gig to do. I, for people, this is okay. Uh, this is really, really interesting to me. Um, Dana Brooke, Ashley Sabara. Is that her last name? Anyway, the former Dana Brooke, she opened up her fan time account. And of course, Mandy Rose is, is she's been doing that for a while. Um, and, and they're doing the photo shoots and good for them. Dude, y'all make money, get that money. If you have been doing fitness modeling for so long and then wrestling gave you a little bit more of a, a place to, to have eyes on you. And that's great. And now you're using that to go back to a world where you don't have to take bumps and you can, you know, feel confident and and look good and make money go for it do it please for the love of christ do it you know that's you, you can wrestle when you want to okay but the electrical tape stuff that takes balls that i don't think i would ever be able to pull off i mean i couldn't pull it off even if i i just wouldn't look good okay electrical tape is yeah. that is that what we're doing like over like the nips please hey, don't you don't, please don't. <laughs> if I if I come to the show before pressing begin and you are wearing electrical tape, I am not starting. That's star pasties. They're like star pasties on on the nips. We're gonna need so much money to make that happen. Full shirtless. No ele- electrical X's over that. You can't even see. Like my nipples are not like highlighted enough. I'd have to like sit back a little bit. Put your put your computer up on a few books or something. No, I, I just kind of like lean it down like that. I that could work, right? All of this sounds so bad. Okay, no. electric tape on with the fishnet shirt. Oh, does might be able to get it. Stop it! No, stop it! This is this is not good. I just realized that tomorrow you're gonna have to sit through more of this uh, quarter conversation because you got a show with Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> just realized that someone that's fine good hear different perspectives of course um, whatever it's gonna be it's gonna be a long week but we're gonna be we're, we are going to be back on friday we are going to find what to talk about jeremy's gonna i i got mine oh we also have to bring our conspiracy theorists back so there you go look at us filling up our friday doing the interview in this is going to be something else especially with this guest <laughs> she might be impressed honestly that's a good point she might respect it <laughs> she might respect it oh god i have so many questions i'm gonna do it electrical Continue. tape everybody oh my god this sounds awful jeremy i think you should probably plug things on let's get out of here wait until i explain this to the wife because she's working today and she's not watching wait until she comes home and i tell her baby I've got to put electrical tape over my nipples and I need like some type of fishnet shirt or something. So we can make that happen. I hope she turns it into a family project and ask the kids to do it. 
They've helped me out with stuff before. They drew really? With Rhodes. stuff like this? They drew a Cody Rhodes uh, tattoo on me. They've done that. They've made me certain things. Get heart-shaped pasties. <laughs> Got this. Got this. Just plug it. Let's go home. <laughs> what do we plug it? What's your final rating prediction, Joel? Let's let's put it on record. Uh, 857 NXT 649. Wow. But again, demo is going to go to AEW. Okay, so the headline on Friday is going to be NXT trounces AEW in the ratings. Can AEW ever recover? That's going to be the headline for Friday's show. Okay? It'll No, it'll just be AEW canceled? Question mark? Oh, that one's good. That one's good. I know. Warner Brothers. Hey, Jeremy. (laughs) That one's good. All right, so there we go. That's what our... That's that's the headline. My official prediction, Joel Pearl, is 1.5 million wrestling fans tuned in to watch AEW and NXT on a Tuesday. This is great for the business. Wrestling is fantastic. Everybody, watch your wrestling. Yeah! Moderate views yield moderate results. <laughs> Jeremy Lambert plug away please 10 o'clock p.m eastern we have a tremendous lineup for everybody it is the los angeles kings no one really cares about them anze kopitar they don't have jonathan quick anymore i don't know who else is on that team but they're taking on the 2023 2024 stanley cup champions i'm predicting the future colorado avalanche led by the great 29 nathan mckinnon and on the back end number eight Kale, all hail Kale McCarr. Jonathan Druin's on the team. 50 goal scorer. Miko Rantanen is out there. Alexander Gagoriev, number seven, Devon Teus. We have a tremendous lineup tonight, led by head coach Jared Bednar, the Colorado Avalanche, getting the Stanley Cup run off to a great start against the, 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 the team from Los Angeles. Let's go, Avs. Let's go, Abs. That's all I'm plugging. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, Sends play at 7 o'clock. Go. Let's go. New Era Sends, I guess. I have a jersey. I'm an American badass. Watch me kick. You can roll with rock or you can radio Uh, edit. I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We're back on Friday at 10 a.m. to go back in the weeds and I don't know what we're going to talk about, but we're going to find out. 10 p.m. Eastern, TNT, AEW not airing tonight because the Colorado Avalanche are on the TNT tonight. I know that airs on TBS, but then, you know, the baseball playoffs are on TBS. They could have gone to TNT, but they can't go to TNT because hockey is on TNT tonight, everybody. Specifically, the Colorado Avalanche at 10 p.m. Eastern. I pressed the wrong button. I am what at was that? Ladies and gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next I'm one. I'm going to fuck some hoes after I rock this place. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.